Hi, this is Elaine. We've hosted guest experts on impactparents.com every week since 2011. And since 2017, they've been podcast style interviews. Now we're dipping into those archives to share these fascinating conversations with leading world experts on the Parenting with Impact podcast. Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Elaine Taylor-Klaus with Impact ADHD. Welcome back to another fabulous interview in this interview series with some of the most extraordinary guest experts in the field related to complex kids in all kinds of ways. One of my favorite things that we do at ImpactADHD.com is this guest expert series. And today's expert is a woman named Teresa Maitland. She's a PhD and a coach and a mentor and a friend and um, really a pioneer in the realm of, of ADHD and coaching. So Teresa, welcome. We're so thrilled to have you. Well, hi, Elaine, and thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this interview. Uh, Me too. My pleasure. I've been looking forward to it for a long time. So let me tell you all a little bit about Teresa Maitland. She has been in the field of LD, learning disabilities, and ADHD for over 40 years. Um, For the past 20 years, she's been working directly with college students. And for the past 10 years, she's been working as a certified coach and a private consultant. Um, working with schools and organizations, and, and all in this arena of preparing kids for college. She's written some extraordinary books uh, in collaboration with Dr. Patty Quinn, Patricia Quinn, another one of our favorite experts. Books called Red, One is Ready for Takeoff, Preparing Teens with ADHD or LD for College. And another is called On Your Own, A College Readiness Guide for Teens with ADHD, LD. And both of those are available on our website in our recommended reading section. Um, so look for them there. Dr. Maitland's been, as I say, been working in, for many years in this realm and is now leaving the university setting to transition into private practice and enjoy a little bit more time with, with an extended family. So we'll, we'll hear more about that. You can find out more information about her, again, through the bio and information on our website, through her books on our website, um, and through webinars she's done in the past for Attitude magazine and Chad through the National Resource Center. So Dr. Maitland, welcome, welcome. We're so thrilled to have you. Well, I'm excited too. My favorite topic and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Beautiful. So the topic is is really college readiness and college success. And and as I mentioned that earlier, you emphasized that how important it is that they go together. So tell us a little bit about this topic. Well, it's become my passion because of watching for the past 20 years, people who come to college who are ready and have, although the journey might be a little rough, they have success and people who come and they aren't ready and they struggle and trying to really 
learn from them what is it that they did before coming here that either prepared them or didn't prepare them. And what I've learned is from the students whose families were really on it and saw it coming and prepared that there's so much that we can do as families and as institutions to make this transition smoother for this population, which is at greater risk for not having success in college. So I think there's a lot to think about before they get here. And then once they're here, there's a lot to think about that will help them. And when I say here at college, help them navigate the challenges that they may meet when they're without adult supervision and, and structure. So what we're talking about is really important and useful for, for all teens, but particularly for teens who struggle with learning disabilities, ADHD, and, and related conditions like that. Well, I'm so glad you said that because the literature on college success for all teens is really shocking that uh, I don't know that people realize that still in today's world, the national statistics say that only six out of 10 freshmen who start college finish five years later. So it's true for all teens, but the groups, there are some groups that are at greater risk and um, people with ADHD and LD and these so executive functioning issues are at greater risk, but you're right. And, and in my job, the great thing is I've had a chance to meet kids who don't have these issues and they get to be on my schedule if they pick me. And I've met people who were the valedictorians of their classes and they're blown away by what they're experiencing. So to some and degree, you, and by is, that, you mean the value of, of coaching for success, coaching for success and preparation and really preparation before coming and then coaching for success before and during. Great. So that's interesting. So we're not just talking about kids with LD and ADHD, but really, so this is a benefit to all kids. And what is it that helps readiness? What are some of the things that you've learned that really make a difference? There are so many things, and I should mention, um, well, there are. There are a number of things. There I think are. Early, there are early on, the earlier the better, especially, and I'm going to keep my comments more to the groups with learning differences, because that's mm -hmm. who your audience is with the complex kids. The earlier the better, helping kids with these differences understand them and accept them and be able to talk about them and maybe even value them and see the gifts in them. The students that I've met who, and like I would say every student I've met who has a diagnosis would tell you that the transition's been challenging, but the ones who endure and figure it out, what they have taught me is early on, their family started shifting the controls of their lives to them. And, and that first started with really openly coming to grips with, you do have some differences and they're not bad, all bad, but let's make sure you understand what are they and what helps you and begin to practice without a parent asking for help. There's a ton of literature that talks about use of self-advocacy skills and practicing leading your own IEP and learning to ask for help as a readiness skill that can maybe mitigate the challenging transition. Oh, it's so true. You're just, you're singing everything that we talk about in TV. <laughs> uh, with our work with parents is the few things I heard very clearly. One is beginning to transfer, we call it transferring the baton, right? Passing the baton from us to them, not directing, but beginning to, to cultivate our kids' owner in their education and in their advocacy and really teaching them to ask for help and, and sort of normalizing that. And that starts, as you say, with, with understanding what their challenges are, what their struggles are in the first place. 
Well, and, and your metaphor of passing the baton, the books that Dr. Quinn and I wrote, we talked, we used the metaphor of a co-pilot. Yeah. Uh, and I know, I know we both share this coaching approach to parenting, which unites mm-hmm. us, right? Mm-hmm. But in those books, we talk about no one would ever expect a pilot to be able to fly a plane without going through a period of co-piloting. Mm-hmm. And, and in all areas of life, especially for this population, having practice co-piloting, asking about their differences, getting help, but there's lots of other things that we have to practice, like daily living skills, how do you manage yourself, and the earlier that people can move in that concept of co-piloting and facilitating the problem solving and the ownership in the young person, students have told me the better, the better for them that their parents help them learn how to wake up with an alarm versus coming here and, oh, my goodness, dad's not here to shake me out of bed. You know, how am I going to get up for my eight o'clock? So that well, metaphor of the baton and the co-piloting is great. And what I love about that is this, because we often hear parents of teens will we'll get to a point, if they come to us and they haven't been working with us with younger kids, they have teenagers and they come in and they're frustrated and they say, he said he could do it, so I was just going to let him do it and let him fit, right? <laughs> And in fact, there's a transition that needs to happen there. Will you speak to that a little bit? Yes. And and let me say, two years ago, I was asked to do a chapter in a book on um, what kind of parenting patterns promote college success for all students. And what I learned was what we, the coaching approach, which is the middle ground, right? The middle ground between you doing it all and you enabling and controlling and letting go and letting them fall on their face. Right. And the middle ground is collaborating and coaching and being the facilitator with your child of of problem solving and helping them have the power to make a choice, helping them think yes. through which one they're going to take. Um, there's a ton of research that says for all kids, if parents are, the terminology that's used is supportive and collaborative. Yeah. Produces more success and engagement in college versus supportive and overprotective and controlling. Mm-hmm. So that's that middle ground. And, and we, when we have kids with complex issues who really, if, you know, other kids may, if you let go, if they have a consequence, they may have their own problem solving and they will learn like, oh, I almost, I got detention because I was late. I better wake up earlier. But when we have people with executive functioning limitations, they typically spiral downward if we let go. So this middle ground of like learning from your mistakes, not being upset about them and learning how to change your patterns. Um, The parents have so much power moving in that collaborative coaching approach. Right. And yet, I mean, I could never have said it any better. That is exactly what we, the philosophy we share together. And, and I also want to acknowledge that that's not, it's easier said than done, right? Mm -hmm. That there is something Mm -hmm. for parents about learning how to do that, about how do you co-pilot? How do you transfer the, the baton? How do you begin to give them that opportunity where it's not all or nothing? Right. Well, right. And your earlier question are, what are all the things we can do? I think, you know, helping young people understand how different college is going to be and motivating them to want to have the baton and want to co-pilot. Because mm-hmm. I think if, if they don't understand why and why we need to change our relationship and I need to quit micromanaging everything, helping them through college tours, some college, there's a lot of some colleges in the country have a taste of college experience where you can mm-hmm. be in a college setting for summer 
but just having them realize, oh my, there is going to be a big difference and I need some of these skills. I want my parent to switch roles now and help me grab the baton. It, and as you said, for parents, there's so many issues helping your teen and you come to some decision on, okay, which of these issues are you ready to take over? Mm-hmm. And that's where both of the books we wrote, we tried to create a college readiness checklist that the teen can take and the parent can take so that together you could come to some agreement on which ones do you have under your belt mm-hmm. and which one should we start practicing this summer? So they're they're at choice because, again, all the literature which matches the coaching world says as long as the young person has choice, we are honoring and empowering them. When we take that away, we have the potential to thwart their growth and self-determination. Right. So, and the challenge is we want to give them choice and engagement and and ownership, and we want to do it incrementally so that they can see successes in the process. So true, because I think that is what fired me up, is that I almost feel it's criminal of us to send kids to college where overnight they, I always think, imagine this, we put them in a world of all adults with a totally different world with all these young people, wonderful opportunities for entertainment and education, no structure, a totally different academic world. And we say, figure it out Yeah. with very, with very little practice. And then with the kids who have differences, all of a sudden, they also maybe have to to take their own medicine, order their own medicine, make appointments, figure out how they're going to wake themselves up and send themselves. So there's so many layers that have to be figured out in the first six weeks of college to make it here that um, the more we could practice some of those things before they get here, it's so much fairer for them. And sometimes they probably resist us. Mm -hmm. Um, I have met some students who said, my mother made me practice calling and ordering my own prescription. And I hated her for it, but now I'm glad. Mm -hmm. So part of that for the parents is to know that they're not always going to like it, (laughs) but you still want to be in agreement with each other where you're still giving them choice, as you say. There are times though, where some of the students who had the most practice getting here, their parents stopped some of the choice and pretty much said, For example, I met a mom yesterday who has a college-bound student who's coming here, and this spring semester of his senior year, she finally said, I am not waiting in the morning for you to be ready. If you're not ready by 7.30, I'm leaving, Mm -hmm. and you can take Uber. And she did not give choice. In our book, we talk about as much as possible, we want choice. But sometimes as an adult, parents may have to go what we call cold turkey, where Mm -hmm. you realize they have no need to change. Mm -hmm. And you might have to draw your boundary and say, I'm not washing your clothes, or I'm not doing certain things for this reason. Exactly. Because, you know, as long as the agenda is mom's agenda that I have to leave at 730 and not my agenda that I have to leave at 730, there's no motivation. And, so, and it could be resistance even. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, so many different directions I want to go with this. We don't have that much time left, believe it or not. So I want to come oh back goodness. and sort of bottom line. I know I told you it goes fast, but I do want to give people a way to find out more about you because you are transitioning. You're leaving the university setting. You're transitioning into private practice. So you'll be available to work with people um, everywhere, right? On management issues and policy issues. Um, how can they find you? Can I reach you? Well, let me say my goal when I move from here is not to do so much individual family. 
family help, but to do broad things that I've been doing, like workshops for school districts and colleges Great. and broader things. For now, people could email me. Okay. And my private email is drt, Dr. T. Maitland, M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D, at Gmail. Dot com And, um, for example, over the next several months, every month I'm going to a different city and doing sort of a college readiness workshop or conference that some folks in the community have organized. And then the local school districts and the local coaches will, um, will be a part of that. So, Well, and as soon as you have a new website, we will add it to your bio on our website. So we'll keep people another way to reach you when, when that's available for them. In the few minutes we have left, I want to sort of come back and ask you to think about, you know, what are the takeaways? What is it if parents are listening to this and they know that it's time to start transitioning and making these shifts and they don't even know where to start, where would you tell them, what's your advice as we sort of close this up? I think having a heart-to-heart conversation as a family is a good place to start. If you can do that as your own family unit, that's great if you need a third party like a coach or a therapist or a counselor. But I think if you have somebody that's intention, they're saying they want to go to college and you see a lot of reasons why they might not be ready, but they don't see it. Having some discussion and as a family coming to some agreement on what are the things we need to see if we're going to put this money into college. Um, Because I have a friend who's a financial planner and her whole area is college readiness. And she knows from that standpoint, if we send people off who aren't ready, the families frequently suffer. Mm -hmm. And also saying it's okay not to go to college. I think the other thing is, Mm -hmm. this may not be the the best next step for some people who have hated education in its traditional sense and yeah. helping somebody figure out what are your talents and passions and is college really the best next step now mm-hmm. or ever and are there other resources in our community where we could help you find an option that you're excited about but what do we need to see because to move away from home live in a dorm and be independent takes a lot of skills that maybe a community college or another training option doesn't and begin to have that discussion, if possible, several years before the decisions are made. Mm. So several years before, and that's not about looking to what college you're going to apply to several years, but beginning earlier in high school to start asking yourself and your child, what are the skill sets you want to begin to, to cultivate to be ready for this? What's it going to take? And I would add, which we rarely add in our educational system, who are you and what are your talents and gifts? Mm-hmm. That we So often we're looking at what's hard for you, but we need to be equally developing. So if writing is hard for you, that's okay, but you're an artist. What does mm-hmm. that mean? Like, how do we shift it so we're also growing those talents and strengths? Brilliant. Well, and I will say just from a personal experience that I have right now one child in college and one child who did not go to college. And it it took a while for me as a parent to come to terms, even though my daughter was on a great trajectory and, and pursuing her passion and doing really well, it's hard when you've got a mindset that that's where they're going to go to sort of shift and, and sort of follow them where they need to go, not where you wanted them to go. <laughs> it's a big shift. And how courageous of you to do it. Thank you. You know, when you figure out you got to do what's best for your child, and that's at the end of the day, what you're really saying is meet your child where they are and help them grow from there in whatever, on whatever their path is that's best for them. So true. Yeah. So any final words of wisdom before we close up? 
Well, I guess the final word is this is not a race and there's not a big timeline. And, and we have met many students who tried it out, couldn't do it, got bad grades, had to withdraw or had probationary. And years later, when their brains mature and when they have a real reason, they're back and they're soaring. So Leo the Late Bloomer used to be one of my favorite children's books. So if you haven't read it, it's a great one. But especially with this college experience, I can't tell you enough how many students I've met who had to go in the world, try other things, have their brains grow up, maybe even have children or a family or partners to be uh, responsible for. And then it all made sense. So not a race, no right time. It's it's all kind of individualized. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, we call that taking the marathon views. That's beautiful. <laughs> so thank you again, Teresa, for being here. Our guest has been Dr. Teresa Maitland, who is a certified professional coactive coach, um, which makes me a particularly great fan because I'm also a CPCC, mm-hmm. in addition to being a PhD and, and one of really truly the, the world's leading experts on coaching college students with ADHD and LD and helping them be ready for success in college. So thank you again for your wisdom and for your incredible work and leadership in this field. Um, It's really been an honor to have you here. Well, thank you. And for everything you do to help parents find that place where they can soar with their child through a coaching approach and self-care. Thank you for everything you do. I appreciate it. So for more on Dr. Maitland, you can find more on the website um, with links to her, eventually to her website and, and other resources and to her books as well. And of course, many, many resources on college readiness and, and helping kids uh, prepare for the launch on impactadhd.com. Thanks to you all for listening and we'll see you on the next interview. Take care. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.